what an honor to speak with your church family recently. Your hospitality, generosity, and friendship mean so much. Together we will do great things. God bless you all. Um, and this comes from Miss Brandy at um, Kids Place. Uh, the P.S. is please keep us in your prayers. Um, you know, oftentimes in, in Scripture, <clears throat> especially with Paul and even in Revelations where John wrote the words of Christ, um, they start off with a pat on the back, so to speak. They start off with congratulating the church or congratulating the people that they're addressing and going, you're good in this area or you've done a nice job in this area. And then comes the condemnations or the, or the corrections. Uh, and I think that is appropriate for, for Wales Baptist Church this morning. Um, what we'll be reading, and don't stand just yet, but the part that we'll be um, focusing in on this morning is in Romans chapter 12, um, verse 13, and it says this, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And I have to be honest with you this morning, if there's any one area that I think we are good at, not mastered, not that we can't improve, but an area that I think we're good at, it is meeting the needs of the saints and it is showing hospitality. I think we do a pretty good job at that, and I think this was a, an obvious um, confirmation of that to me because it brings back to my mind that um, a couple of weeks ago, two new mission partners show up to speak to us and walk out of here with $2,400 in their pocket that y'all all put in a pot. I think that's a pretty good indicator of meeting the needs of the saints. These people were so overwhelmed, they left here in tears when they were handed the love offering. I think there's some things we're really... I ain't saying we've perfected anything, and I ain't saying we've mastered it all. But if there's one thing that I think we're pretty good at it, this is it. And we're still going to look at our message this morning, we're still going to dig into what Paul says and what he means by it and, and where, how many different avenues he's covering. It ain't just financial support. But at the same time, I do want you to know that I'm pretty proud to be a part of a, of a body of believers that does a good job at this. I, I really appreciate being able to, to reach out into so many different avenues and to reach out to so many different people and know beyond anything else it, it, that it's going to be took care of, that God, you're going to be obedient to listen to what God says and people's going to walk out of here with what they need for that time. And I appreciate you being that obedient group of people. Um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also on that note with the kids place, remember we are doing this through our mission team. We're not going to jump out and do um, jump into individual things because we can't accomplish as much that way. Um, so be on the lookout. There will be some announcements coming um, possibly even this month for opportunities to go to these places and do a little work. And again, the reason behind that is um, first and foremost, 15 people accomplish more than one person in any given set amount of time. Um, and we're looking to do the most we can do and be as effective as we can be. And remember, we're, we're dealing with places that aren't open about where they are and, and the people that are there and that kind of thing. So they kind of plan based on that. They kind of let us know when we can come based on how things are going at the time that we go. So just be patient with us. Uh, we'll be getting you some information out. We will be going there and we will be doing some work for both of these locations. And again, we appreciate your support um, in both of these ministries and obviously they do as well. So that being said, Romans chapter 12. 
We'll read the whole thing again, starting in uh, verse 9. You know, I told my wife this week, um, I was so glad fall was finally here. I could get my, my plaid back out and my long sleeves back out and my vest back out and all that kind of stuff. I forgot that I'm fat. And I sweat a lot. And these clothes are fine if you're going to be outdoors, but if you're coming in here, it's going to be hard on a fat guy. You know what I mean? The hat and the, the vest came on within the first two steps in the sanctuary. I wish I'd have wore an undershirt. I'd take his long sleeves off. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do come to you this morning to again just say thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to be assembled together to hear your word. Father, I just pray for your guidance and your direction throughout our, our preaching hour this morning that you would um, allow us to see and feel your presence, that you would allow us to gain from your word what you would have for us to gain. Father, we just pray for your guidance and your direction in all that's said and done this morning. Father, we just ask for you to continue to allow us to, to know and understand your desire for each individual life. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> we started this series out with the, the title of Marks or Characteristics of a True Christian. Marks of a true Christian. And we started with uh, verse 9 and, and let love be genuine and, and abhor um, what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And we, and we talked about the importance of showing that love and allowing God's love to flow through you. And um, we talked even a little bit in, in Sunday school this morning about the fact that God doesn't give you anything just for you. In other words, He didn't give you His grace so you could bottle up His grace and walk around with a pocket full of grace. He doesn't give you His love so you can hoard up His love and have a closet full of love at the house. He gives you these things so you can share these things. You're just an avenue through which the things of God flow. You're just a vessel that's supposed to be carrying these things out, like the love of God, right? You're supposed to be allowing that to flow through you, that God's going to pour it out on you, and you're to pour it out on others. That's, that's our goal. That's a part of who we are. It's a part of our purpose in this world. 
Nothing God's ever give you is for you to hoard it up so you can say you have it. It's for you to share it. And, and, and the marks of a true Christian, we see some of these things pointed out that we're supposed, to, we're supposed to continually show these things to people outside of our own household or even outside of our own church. But to make the effort and to make the opportunity and look for the opportunities to share the things of God with the people around us. It's who we are. And these marks of a Christian is how people identify. Because see, I can claim, I'm, and as a matter of fact, it's going on right now. I didn't even intend to go there this morning. But you can just identify as whatever you want to, and that's what people have to call you. So from this day forward, I identify as a millionaire. Right? So does that make me a millionaire? By zero standard, right? See, you're actually identified by what you actually are and who you actually are and what your actions say you are. So the marks of a true Christian is how you put on display Christianity in front of the rest of the world. Right? It's how you're marked. It's how you're identified. So putting these, these things with these characteristics, these traits, putting them on display allows the world to look at you and see that although they may not can point to you and say, Christian, they can go, there's something different about this person. You can be set aside, right? We're not supposed to blend. We're not supposed to be conformed, right? We're supposed to be transformed by the way we think, by the renewing of our mind, right? So that we can walk out and live out these things in front of people. And that's what this whole list is about. That's what this whole series is about. It's about you and I being able to be identified by our actions, not our words. Because I can claim to identify as whatever I want to. That don't make me that. Contrary to what the rest of the world may tell you in our culture today, it takes a little more than just identifying or just saying that's what I am. It's seeing what's in front of me that tells me what you are. That's what these traits are about. That's what this list is about. We went on and talked about outdoing one another and showing honor and not being slothful um, in zeal, but being fervent in spirit and being on fire and excited and not getting lazy about it, right? Because that happens to each and every one of us. We get, we get in, a, in, a, in a slump or in a rut, and we're just kind of going through the motions of everyday life and... and we lose our zeal. We lose our desire. We lose that fire. And we get slothful and we get lazy and we get slow. And it just gets to be too much trouble to reach out to this person or to do this for that person. It just gets to be more than it's worth in our minds. And it should never be that way. It should never be more hassle to serve God than what it's worth. Serving God should never be a hassle to you or to me either one. It's something we should always be on fire about and never be slothful about. To be fervent in spirit. In other words, to be excited about doing spiritual things. To be excited about being a humble servant. Right? See, that's different from what the world says. See all this? See how it separates you and divides you and makes you something different from what everybody else is? These things are contrary to what the world tells you. Absolutely contrary. To the point that when people see you living this stuff out, they point at you. And although they may not can call it Christianity, they just look at you and go, Hey, there's something different right here. Y'all keep an eye on that. That's what we're supposed to be doing is putting our Savior on display through our actions. The way we carry ourselves, the way we do things. Let's keep going. We're going to get to where we're going to be at today.
Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. See, when your hope is in the things of this world, you don't have much to rejoice about. Because the things of this world are fading away. They're letting you down, right? I mean, it's, it's constant and it's always around everything about... Just think about all the trends that have come and go just through your time. Right? About the time you got your bell bottoms on, everybody's wearing skinny jeans. See how they changed on you? About the time you got your afro growed out, everybody was slick-headed, right? Huh? See how they change on you? Good news, though, if you hold on to it, it'll probably come back around because it's just a trend, right? They'll, they'll come back through. And, and good news for you, you'll be ahead of the game at that point. Bad news is it may take a long time for it to come back through. But when you put your hope in Christ, when you put your hope in that Christ is exactly who He says He is, then you have something to rejoice about. Because that's not going to change. It's not going to vary. It's not going to be one thing today and another thing tomorrow. It's going to be the most consistent thing you've ever seen. You're not going to have to run it down or chase it or retool to keep up, right? That's where, that's where your hope has to be is in Christ Himself. That He's exactly who He says He is. That He's going to do exactly what He says He's going to do. And see, that's a blessed assurance. It's a different kind of hope. It's a hope you can take to the bank. There's so many hopeless people in this world today because there's Christless people in this world today. No wonder they have no hope. They've never met the author of it, the provider of it. So rejoice in hope. Look at this. Keep going. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. You know, there, there's this falsehood out there today that when you become a Christian, and it's an easy sale because it's what we all want to hear, when you, when you become a Christian, everything gets easier. It gets harder. Actually, the opposite is true. Tribulation is coming. Trials are coming. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Right? So again, our hope is not in the things of this world, right? It's in our, our hope is in Jesus is exactly who He says He is, and He's going to do exactly what He says, right? That's our hope. And because of that hope, listen to me, because of that hope, now you can be patient in tribulation. Because you know that even this whole, this whole life on this earth is only for a time. So if you suffer for a time of that time, it's only for a time. And then if you go and look at the Scriptures and look at the things that are built through those tribulations, we get to find out who we are and where we stand. I used to say God finds out where we stand. He already knows where we stand. It's us that get confused sometimes. We think we're a little further along in our walk than we are. Then a tribulation or a trial hits and we stand in the middle of it going, I thought I was better at this than that. Right? You know, there are some people, I honestly believe that some people were solely sent in my path just for me to know where I stand with God. Because I think, boy, I've got, I mean, I, I, I can get along with anybody and, and God, I can show them love. And then this person shows up and I go, well, we may ought to think that over. I find my limits again, right? 
And we're in those trials and we're in those situations for that reason a lot of times. So we can see where we really are in our walk with Christ. Because if our initial reaction, our initial response looks anything like the world's response, we're probably not as far along as we ought to be or as we need to be. And a lot of times we don't find that out till we get in those tribulations. So be patient in those tribulations. And be constant in prayer. Constant in prayer. You see, the thing about it is none of these traits are possible in and of you yourself. None of them. The only way you're capable of doing any of this is to have a direct connection to the Father through Jesus Christ. That's it. If you don't have that connection, this stuff is impossible. This stuff is not natural to you. It's not what you normally do. These are not your default settings. These are things that you have to establish in you, that God has to establish in you. Because if they're not coming from Him, they're not present. I mean, think about it. Who in their right mind is patient in tribulation? (laughs) Right? I mean, that's, that's that's not right. It's not normal. It's not normal. Listen to what we're going to say today. Listen to this in verse 13. I keep forgetting why I can't see, and then I remember. See, I have found out one thing, though. I look around at the people that wear glasses, and they all look really smart to me. Right? Well, right, right, right. As we move forward... So I was thinking I have now become a part of the smart group because I have glasses. So now I'm one of the smart people, right? But I can't remember to even put them on, so how smart is that? Right. Right. Y'all quit responding to me. Let's just move on. Verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. The word contribute is a verb, it's an action word, and it means to give something to help a person, group, or cause, or to help cause something to happen, contribute. To help cause something to happen. That's you making a contribution to it, right? Contribute to the needs of the saints. To to make it happen, right? For you to do your part in making it happen. So, all right, and, and it says the needs of the saints. And, of course, um, the definition that I found for <clears throat> saints was God's chosen or those who are set aside for His work would, would be the saints. All right, so Paul is telling us that we, as Christians, as a mark of a Christian, people will see in you, you making con- a contribution that causes the needs of the saints to be met. Now, sometimes your contribution is financial, right? That's That's a necessary thing. Sometimes your contribution will be physical, right? Sometimes your contribution will be on a large scale depending on where you are in, in the situation at hand. Sometimes your contribution will feel like it's this big, right? But what I don't want you to ever overlook or ever forget, it says to contribute to the needs of the saints. Does that mean just these saints? 
Does that mean just a, a group of saints that are just down the road? Does that mean just because that saint came here and asked for it? Does that mean as a group? As an individual. Remember, these are marks of a true Christian. Characteristics of a true Christian. You and I, as Christians, should be actively looking for opportunity to contribute to the needs of the saints. Anybody that's doing God's work that needs a helping hand of any kind, and I'm going to take it to another level, even if they ain't a saint. <laughs> we should be actively looking to contribute to meet people's needs. And their first need, of course, is their spiritual need. But how did Christ go about doing that? You know, just last week we had our, last Saturday we had our uh, 14th um, youth deer hunt, Fellowship of Christian Hunters. 14 times we've done this event. Kirby's here, he, he's the guy that started all this 14 years ago. For nine years, he was, he was right in the middle of it, making it happen, whatever it took to make it happen, year after year. At times, his own money going in it to make it happen. And then we, we got a group of people behind us fired up about it, and they seen what was taking place in it. And since then, probably about the second or third year, that ministry became self-sufficient. Meaning that we didn't have to put our own money in it and we didn't have to, we have not ever asked anybody for a dime. Everything we do is done through people looking to contribute to the needs. Right? It's people making donations. It's people giving us baskets to sell. It's, it's people that own stores, places like Lawson's, that we go in over there with $2,500 to spend on door prizes and we walk out with $3,500 worth of merchandise. It's people looking to be a part of that. It's people desiring to be a part of that and it grows and it grows and it grows because there are people around us looking for the opportunity to contribute. See, it's not possible. There's now six, seven, seven of us in the Fellowship of Christian Hunters, that, that's our whole organization. There's seven of us. We can't do what we've done last Saturday. <laughs> seven of us. We can't do it by ourselves. We have to have other people contributing. And when you contribute, wonderful things happen. Because you contributed to our ministry after 14 years of doing this. We had 140 hunters signed up. We had somewhere between 250 and 275 people that showed up out here that we fed physically and we fed spiritually. And we even had a young man receive salvation. Because somebody seen the opportunity to contribute to the needs. And when you do that, great things happen. But it's got to be a continuous thing. It's got to be an over and over again thing. See, what happens is I get in my mind that I have to pick certain things that I can contribute to. And, and, and you know, to an extent, that's true. Because I only have so much finances to work with. I only have so much time to work with. I only have so much of this or that, right? But at the same time, I serve an inexhaustible God who's more than capable of supplying whatever it is that I need to do to contribute to the needs of that saint or of those saints 
or of that person. Because what happens is, is when we start making those contributions, even though I'm only one, I'm a single individual with very limited resources, but when I'm joined together with others and we become a group of contributors, now great big things can happen. Great big things above and beyond our wildest dreams can happen. And we can see the gospel go places we never thought we could see it go. And we, and we can see things start to take place that we never thought was possible to take place. But only when we continually contribute to the needs of the saints. Now Paul is a little more specific in this this morning than what I am, than what I'm being to this point. Because the word saints is in this statement and he does say it just like that. Contributing to the needs of the saints. You've got to remember that when this was written and to whom it was originally written, these preachers and, and uh, what we would call preachers, but these saints that came through and spread the gospel and established churches and helped support churches and helped encourage churches, they didn't have the money to go stay in a hotel. So they were looking for an opportunity to stay somewhere. And, and Paul was encouraging them that if you'll continually contribute to the needs of these saints, then we'll get to see things happen that we won't get to see any other way. But it still translates into what I'm telling you too. It still says the same thing that I'm telling you as well. That when we as a group get together, we as individuals decide to contribute, then things happen that are beyond our uh, possibilities of ourselves. You start giving to things that are bigger than you. Then you start seeing things that are bigger than you start to take place. And, I, and we've seen it so many times. I won't ever forget that one time we had a, on our fish day event, uh, we had it at, at a pond right next door to my house. And it was one of our first. It wasn't the first, but it was one of us. Our second one. <clears throat> and we had no idea what to expect as far as numbers went and how many people would be there. So we went and bought food for what was a rough estimate for us. Now, I don't live anywhere close to anybody that sells anything. And this was right next door. <laughs> so it wasn't no make a run to the, to the, to the Walmarts, right? That you have what you have, you make do with what you got. So we got out there and we got to cooking. And, and, and if I, my numbers are correct, we had 80-some-odd um, hot dogs. 96, see there, he knows them numbers, don't he? We had 96 hot dogs and about the same in hamburgers. Well, we only had hot dogs, you're right. We only had 96 hot dogs. This was our second event. We couldn't afford hamburgers. <laughs> My bad. We had 96 hot dogs. That's a true statement. It's all coming back to me fuzzy, but it's there. So we started cooking. And we started counting. And we had... 80-some-odd kids that signed up for the fish day thing that year. Each one of those kids brought at least one person. Most of them had two. Some of them had five. That's also a true statement. That's when we started going, uh-oh. So some of the other folks that was helping us came to Kirby and I and said, there's no way. Kirby said, all I can tell you to do is Bag them dudes up like we said we was going to do. Put them on a bun, put them in a paper, and put them in that cooler over there and keep them warm. That's all we can do. 
And then we're going to let God just do what He does. He's fed a lot more with a lot less. We had leftovers. We literally had leftovers. We did not buy that many hot dogs. I promise you. I can show you the numbers. We have looked at this a thousand times since that day. And I can't tell you how many times we've went back to that event in our minds and in our discussions and goes, Hey, y'all remember what he did with the hot dogs, right? But see, you only get to see that happen when you're a part of it. Right? When you're serving like you're supposed to be serving, when you're looking for opportunities to contribute. But see, because everybody else had done all they could do, God just picked up where we left off and done the rest. And that's just the way He works. Listen to the rest of this statement. The rest of this statement is, is um, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show Hospitality. Um, I wrote that down somewhere. Hospitality. Generous and friendly treatment of visitors or guests. Hospitality. But notice he doesn't just say show hospitality. Seek to show be actively looking for opportunity to show hospitality, to be generous, right, and friendly to visitors and guests. Right, right. And one of the ways that we do that around here is, of course, taking a card we have in our hand and popping our guests in the head with it. That's just one of the many ways, but that's one of the ways I just started today. <laughs> Y'all want to know the worst part of that? I never even apologized. I just moved on. <laughs> anyway, looking, seeking, seeking to show hospitality. Looking for opportunities <clears throat> to tie all of this back together, to get all of this in one big ball. It's not enough to just find the opportunities that are laying at your feet. You and I have to be seeking, actively looking for opportunities to serve other people. Remember, God didn't give you anything just for you to have. He's expecting you to share this stuff, to spread this stuff. His grace, His mercy, His love, His forgiveness. All of these things, we're supposed to be looking for opportunities to share these things. Seeking to show hospitality. Looking for opportunities to serve one another. It's not enough to just sit back and allow it to come to you. We've got to be looking for those opportunities. We've got to be seeking out those opportunities. Remember, this whole thing is about the marks or the traits or the characteristics of a true Christian. See, the thing of it is, is, is this is more of a list for you to be able to look around you and find true Christians. Because what happens when you, when you really start serving Christ, when Christianity really is your driving force, all of these things just kind of become habits for you. Nobody has to stand and tell you to do them. Nobody has to tell you to hate evil and love good. <laughs> 
right? It's just, it comes to you that way. Nobody has to tell you to look for opportunities to serve, right? It's your heart to do so. Nobody has to stand over you and tell you to make sure you're doing that. Nobody has to tell you to love your enemies. It becomes your heart to do those things. Looking for opportunity to contribute. And again, I started this the way I did to, to, so you know and understand that I realize that this is a group of people that's pretty good at the two things I was talking about this morning. I mean, I, I mean we have evidence of that. But it doesn't mean we can't improve. That we can't just keep working at it. Because you never know what the next opportunity may look like. Or what the results of it may be. We've got to keep looking. We've got to keep digging.